You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras, and now, your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, Action Tribe? AJ here, host and founder of My Seven Chakras, my7chakras.com, the show where we help you experience effortless healing, awakening, and abundance. In today's episode, we talk about some really amazing topics such as meditation, intermittent silence, how to awaken the inner consciousness within, influences from ancient wisdom such as the Bhagavad Gita, Mahabharata, and Krishna, and most importantly, understanding the perspective of a doctor when it comes to wellness and spirituality. So make sure that you listen till the very end because we've got some really important nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your life. So if you'd like to explore these topics in your car or maybe even, even if you're at home, if you're working from home, then make sure that you hit the subscribe button on your Apple device. Or if you're listening to this on Spotify, then make sure you hit follow because that does something special to the algorithm that allows our podcast to come in front of people who would never listen to our show or never know about our show. So do your part, hit subscribe or hit follow. All right. And if you'd like to join the official Facebook for this podcast and make sure that you go to my7chakras.com forward slash tribe. That's my7chakras.com forward slash tribe where we have all the exclusive uh, discussions and sessions of uh, when it comes to breathwork and yoga. So make sure you join our Facebook group. And with that being said, let's bring on our special guest for today, Dr. Krishna Bhatta, who is a surgeon, author, and an inventor currently working as chief of urology at Eastern Maine Medical Center 
in Maine, Dr. Bhatta is both practical and spiritual. He developed a fascination with spiritual studies early in his life and has authored a book titled Journey from Life to Life, Achieving Higher Purpose. He also is a creator of Relax app that focuses on intermittent silence, meditation, and the art of high energy living. And he says, our physical body, energy body, and friendly mind help us know our flame our consciousness. So some really amazing topics to explore on today's session. So Dr. Krishna, how are you doing? I'm doing fine. Ajay, I will call you Ajay. And uh, I know your name is Aditya. So it's wonderful to meet you. And uh, yeah, it's great to be here. Wonderful. And are you ready to inspire? That is my job. I like to be inspired and I inspire people. I always say my work inspires me, my patients inspire me, my colleagues inspire me. And that's how life should be. Wonderful. And we usually start off our show with any inspirational quote. So is there a quote on your mind right now? And how do you apply that quote in your life? So Ajay, the quote is very simple. Long time ago, 5,000 years ago, you know, you mentioned about Gita and Krishna and Arjun. So mm. Arjun asked Krishna a question. How do I control my mind, which is wavering and wandering and all the time? And Krishna said a simple answer, practice, Arjun, practice. So I use that and I advise your listeners to do that as well. So practice what? I mean, like you mm. practice the show, we practice tennis to become good tennis player. Here mm. we are going to talk about practicing intermittent silence, meditation, and that on a regular basis. Wonderful. And I really, really admire and respect the practice of practice or the idea of practicing. I mean, if I go to my first few episodes, sometimes I feel shy. I don't even want to go to my first five episodes because I deep down know how much I've evolved as a communicator, as a host. But it's true, you know, practice is one thing that makes us closer and closer to perfection. There's also another quote from the Bhagavad Gita, which says, and I think Krishna says, do not be too attached to the result. Only focus on the actions because you have no right over the results. But what you have control over is the actions that you take in your practice, right? Something along those lines, but something along those lines, I, we can talk about it if you, you know, in later on. I, I vary slightly uh, from the conventional explanations right? because uh, result is important. Absolutely. It's important to monitor results from time to time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. We can definitely dive into it. But before diving into sure. that aspect of philosophy, I was hoping to start from the very beginning. Maybe you can tell us where were you born and what was your childhood like? So, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I don't know if you have heard the state of Bihar. So mm -hmm. there is a small village and, uh, and uh, I was born there. And actually, I went to the school in, in the village mm -hmm. and uh, it was a good school. All the teachers were good and the, my friends and everybody, the whole company. And uh, um, it was fun growing up. But uh, growing up, one thing was there. My father was a, you know, very fond of Gita and he did his uh, uh, PhD from London School of Econ Economics, you know, a long time ago in 50s. 
but he wanted to come back to India and teach other people. And at that time, I didn't appreciate Bhagavad Gita. I didn't appreciate all, you know, there were all these saints coming to our house and all these educated or, you know, higher, um, in, you know, influencers coming to our house. But, you know, as teenager, we didn't care about it. And here I am. I love that book and with any passion it can be. So that was the, uh, the high school and the college days. Then, mm. of course, we left home and went to medical school. And that's when I got this fascination of doing meditation. And there were two or three of us who were kind of rebels, you know, we'll wear orange or wear white mm. and meditate in the medical school fields while other people were doing other things. It was interesting growing up then, right. you know. But uh, this uh, continued, life continued. and. We pursued our medical career, of course. Yep. So, in, you know, it like Krishna was a mainstream person. I want to be a mainstream person. Mm. I don't want to leave life and go go and do something else. I want to do both of it together. So that's right. that's how you know it shapes up to now. Wonderful, wonderful. And also, before progressing, I'm curious. As a child, um, you said that certain ideals did not appeal to you, maybe the Bhagavad Gita or the Mahabharata when you were a kid. So what about that did not appeal to you that changed later on as you were an yeah. adult? So, uh, Ajay, I don't know if you have children or not. Sometimes, you know, when you say something to the kids, it right. seems like they're ignoring it and they don't, you know, they're not listening to it. I was that child at that time, you know, and mm. but things were sinking in. I mean, yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't understand the value or the importance, but mm -hmm. of course something must have sunk in, right? I yeah. Mean, so, so as a parent, also I kept doing that, you know, uh, to the kids. Mm -hmm. It sounded like they didn't listen to me, but probably they, you know, it will show up somewhere after they have finished their, you know, building up their career. Absolutely. And the reason why I ask this question is because when I was a kid, my grandfather, who is now deceased, had told me about the Bhagavad Gita and the Mahabharata. And he said that if there's something that you can do in your lifetime is to is to read this. And so just like you pointed out, something sank within me. It sort of didn't make sense back then. But as you know, now I'm all about yoga. I'm all about Ayurveda, Tantra, and of course, wanting to learn more and more about Krishna and Rama. So it's fascinating how that thing can sink in like a seed, which then germinates or manifests many years later. So, uh, Krishna, in your life, what sort of influence did your family have on you as a child? Were there any spiritual influences? Yeah, as I mentioned, my father was, uh, of course, you know, he was professor of economics and, and principal, but he was deeply rooted into Gita and uh, mm. You know, we grew up like a Brahmin family, so there were many rituals that happened. And of course, you know, you can object to rituals, but you know, they all, all the rituals have some yep. meaning behind them. And if you can mm -hmm. get to understand them. Yeah. So, yeah, I was influenced. My mother, of course, she was a housewife, but um, she was always a provider. And, you know, it's like a wonderful being. And, uh, all those things, you know, they matter. They matter how, how you grow, where you grow. I think it mm -hmm. matters a lot. In my book, you know, Journey from Life to Life, you know, I have 
mention this thing that when we grew up in India, mm. every time you go, you know, in the village or or anywhere, people get hurt in their knee and they will say, oh, this, this is one of my karma, you know, that mm. I did, bad thing I did, yeah. so on. or this is from my past life. You come to USA or England, nobody talks about past life, you know, I mean, it's just not in the conversation. Yeah. I'm not saying one is bad or one is good, but, you know, it's just uh, where you grow up, how you grow up, you know, and what the surroundings are matter. And fortunately, I had a lot of opportunities to be exposed, even though I may not have understood the value, as you mentioned yourself. Right, right. It's so fascinating because even like I came to Canada about six years back. I was born and brought up in Mumbai. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in a Hindu family. So my dad is a Hindu, mom is a Christian. So I was exposed to both, you know, aspects and ways of living, right? And so I know that there were certain routines and traditions which did not make sense to me back then. But now it does because I'm curious to know the why. So just going to the temple, ringing the bell, my dad used to tell me that there are certain vibrations that are created that influence the mind. You know, certain homas that we do when we burn the fire, the significance of that. And so now I'm asking these questions. And luckily... There are answers and you can blend the science yeah. with the spirit and it becomes so interesting. So, you know, it's, it's, it's very it's fascinating. It's funny you mentioned that because yeah. at least one of your parents was Christian or is Christian. Yeah. Um, my father took me to several churches. Hmm. So I have been to church, sat down and, you know, follow the routines and just to experience and also to expose that, you know, I mean, yeah. probably by that he meant that, yes, you know, there is value to all of these, these schools for sure yeah absolutely and i'm just curious i mean i know that spirituality plays a large part in your life at least right now but as a kid did you have any spiritual experiences growing up as a child or as an adolescent something that happened or something you noticed that didn't quite make sense or maybe still doesn't make sense <laughs> no i mean those things happen and uh, there is um, there's a word called minor explosions, you know, so in okay. spiritual, spiritual path, um, I mean, there is a, you know, we feel like one day you will get enlightened before yeah. that, you know, there is nothing. Yeah. But, you know, the spiritual experiences, uh, especially when you meditate, um, they happen in different form, you know, I mean, not necessarily at the time of meditation, but okay. you may feel like full of energy someday, you know, just just you don't know where it came from. Yeah, or or some, um, I mean, one of the shloka in Gita, and I, I I thought it it can't be true. It says if you follow a spiritual path, I mean, it talks about nishkamkar, you will have fewer obstacles. Your path yeah. will be smoother. And how do you compare that? Because you don't know what it would it would have been without it. Yeah, I, yeah. I I truly now believe that yes, if you if you follow, I mean, if you just do practice meditation for a month, you will find that you suddenly the whole universe is trying to align with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not, I mean, it's not scientific proof for that. Yeah. But anecdotal or experiential proof is there then. And that's what um, I feel. I mean, yes, of course, we grew up with uh, different customs and puja in the house, you know, like routine that happens yeah. in any, any Hindu family. I love the term that you used called minor explosions. And through that, I think you implied that spiritual awakening does not have to happen suddenly. 
it's not necessarily that it happens suddenly and your kundalini energy is rising up although that might happen sometimes it might have happened gradually step by step over the years slowly but surely and that's wonderful i think that happened to me as well it's just these small minor explosions that you experience from time to time just a surge of energy sometimes which might be right. an awakening by itself and you wish it stayed with you right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah so true. I, i mean yeah that's the one difference you know having total enlightenment is that you are in that state all the time minor explosions experience in those things but they go away and right 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 and and you mentioned a while back you that you were born in a small village and you attended patna medical college then you continued your education in the uk what sort of challenges did you face back then i mean jumping from a place in india to uk did you face any challenges at all these are all challenges but i mean that that's the age for challenges right you want to beat the challenge or meet the challenge Yeah. Yes, I mean we went there. You know, I had to do uh, everyone who goes to there as a surgical field. They want okay. to do FRCS. You know, Canada has FRCS as well. So yeah, I did FRCS from you know Edinburgh. Then my wife wanted me to go to London, so I went there and you know got FRCS from there. You know, it was a big deal at that time. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, looking back, of course, you know everything is fine. but yeah i mean all those were challenges you want to you know get the job you, you want to get your kids to a school or you know i mean so all these usual challenges are there in life yeah um but we will come to that i mean one of the thing you mentioned about you know like i mentioned high energy living mm-hmm. um and i just wanted to touch a, a little bit on that that uh I mean there, there is a description by Patanjali he talks about uh, a physical body he calls it food body you know like mm-hmm. food translates into our physical body annamaya kosh you know in sanskrit mm-hmm. so then the second body is pranamaya kosh prana is life energy and we just you know just pass it by that you know it is there in, in what you know the energy body and that forget about it but we all are born with a different level of energy body Mm-hmm. and if you are at a higher energy body level or higher energy level you are a little more peaceful you take stress differently you don't burn out and there are many people like you know even in medicine they re- did a research and they say 50% burnout rate but 50% mm-hmm. don't burn out right. and my th- my hypothesis is that they are born with a higher energy level and can you do anything about it so mm. so there is a whole thing i'm working on how to conserve energy how to create energy like meditation you can create energy i love your name seven chakras many of my meditation in relax app is chakra based mm-hmm. you know, because different frequency of music will affect different chakras and so we have created then we have mantra on chakra as well so those are meditations created by me but basically it is to increase your energy level mm-hmm. and then you know the chi practice uh, you know falun dafa and all those chinese practices i mean they are based on different i mean they saw energy differently but they also you know have that feeling and some of their exercise if you put your hand together you can feel the energy going yeah. I mean, in, in the beginning you imagine but then 
after 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 a while it seems like you have practiced some of those and you can feel that thing actually happening and yeah so so that energy body is an important element i think we should be bringing into discussions of you know your age group too you know <laughs> very very fascinating very true i mean one of the biggest shifts in my life was when i was able to start sensing the energy between my hands yeah uh, when you create the energy ball and like you mentioned initially initially you sort of visualize but after that it becomes a felt experience when you bring your hands closer there's a sense of you propulsion when you yeah and then there's an attraction and so that is the pranamaya kosha right yeah that's okay. the pranamaya kosha in our description they have different description but you know it basically you know i call it energy body i mean but uh, there is uh, and nothing like you have felt it so you can experience what you know you can you know feel what i'm trying to say yeah yes absolutely and that experience made me wonder if this is possible in maybe about 15 minutes what else is out there right because there are right. people who are able to see colors they are able to see yeah. their entire energy body and much more so is there like a step by step path to awakening that more people are sensitized to more of the energies out there <laughs> well i mean it's a question of which field you want to go i mean you can if you want to see colors you can imagine you know i mean brain will create colors it's yeah. a you know beautiful story i uh, i'll tell you i mean i don't know if you have heard it already yeah ramkrishna parmahans mm -hmm. was a saint you know like vivekananda guru right uh, ramkrishna parmahans so he will sit in meditation and then he will visualize ma kali in front of her yeah and uh, that was uh, perfect but he wanted to go beyond that he wanted to go uh, you know where uh, there is no roof no no shape no nothing but he could not go beyond that so he had a guru totapuri mm -hmm. so he came and he said why don't you uh, bring a sword you know uh, and cut ma kali he said where will i bring the sword from mm -hmm. and he said well from the same place where you brought kali so after that he goes into meditation and he brings the sword so now he has a sword now now he has ma kali but he says she is my mother you know i mean she's like he really felt that she's mother how am i going to kill her mm. so totapuri said okay i will cut your you know cut make a cut on your forehead and in that pain you try you know you do that thing the final move and that's mm. what exactly happened so then he went beyond to nirakar samadhi they call it um i mean all this sounds like fascinating stories we don't mm. know really what happened because yeah. everything was internal um but it's a it's a good story that yes we can imagine and bring uh, in the imagine power of imagination Uh, we can image things as well and they may be as very real true. as as anything yeah very true very true i mean one of the things that you talk about i guess which is the key to being able to use your 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 mind to visualize and imagine and create is silence so what exactly is intermittent silence because of, because intermittent is a very popular word nowadays you have intermittent fasting 
You've got intermittent hypoxia, which I'm very fascinated with as a breathwork instructor. Then there's intermittent silence. What exactly is intermittent silence? Um, so, it, so basically what it is, is that intermittent fasting, you are giving some body, your body rest from food. I mean, yeah. we sometimes overeat. I mean, you know, it's yeah. like, don't listen to the body. We listen to our tongue or taste or mind, but you know, so basically you are giving a break to the body. Yeah. And in uh, breathing, I mean, oh, well, I don't want to digress or, or go away, but you know, breathing may, may, I mean, techniques, one of them is the hyperventilation that you wash out the carbon dioxide, right? So, so basically, there also you are giving your brain a break from, you know, too much narcosis of car- carbon dioxide. So the same way, intermittent silence is basically you're giving rest to your brain mm-hmm. for 10 minutes a day. And uh, how do you do that? So it, there are four steps to this. One okay. is you close, close your mouth. So when you close your mouth, all these speech centers and all the thought processes, you are without words. So all those centers in the brain get a break. You know, they don't have to work now. Mm-hmm. The second one is close your eyes. So all the visual pathway is resting. And then you do silent listening. Silent listening is, and it's it's really best done in nature. Like I have done it many times when I hike up on a mountain, mm-hmm. I just lie down there and have my AirPods and, and, but basically intermittent silence, I mean, you don't have to do anything. You have the timer. 10 minutes later, there is a music. So mm-hmm. it is in the app as well, in our app. So so basically, I just do that and just listen to the trees, you know, rustling leaves or, you know, blowing of the wind. And it's just amazing, uh, the feeling. It's one of the hardest, uh, if you call it meditation, but it's one of the hardest exercise because it's easy to do those feel-good meditation trips where you go to yeah. a beach or go to, you know, ocean and, and then you come back, you know. But here, there is nobody to guide you. It's you for 10 minutes with yourself. Mm-hmm. So the silent listening and then the silent watching of any thought that comes, you just let it just pass by. And if you get atta- attached with one of them, doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it, once you realize, you go back to, you know, letting it just transit. So there is nothing, you cannot do anything wrong with this. Mm-hmm. And But 10 minutes a day, it's amazing. After some time, you will start craving for that 10 minutes because it's so yeah. brain is so cool you know it's like one of the lines uh, um, <clears throat> we use is your 86 billion neurons will thank you <clears throat> if you practice this for 10 minutes so that's the principle but it also has many many side effects you know which are good mm-hmm. like like just by closing your mouth for 10 minutes, you realize that you don't have to respond to people immediately. Mm. Like email yeah. comes and you want to reply it. You you create that pause in your response and the, your response is more effective. Your whole communication becomes more effective. Right. And this 10 million minute of silence, it starts growing and occupying your whole space. Mm. Even when you are not doing it, you just have that 
that feeling that you know that that you know peace that you create it kind of you know comes around to you so those are there and then for any serious meditation i mean i say i'm not saying there is non serious but feel good meditations are a lot of guided meditations are feel good they just mm -hmm. work on your mind but many of the you know uh, deeper meditations or serious meditations has a component of silence so once you have practiced this one then it's easier for you to get into that mode um, quicker when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And so what would you say the difference? Because I think you've, uh, you you said that there's a difference between intermittent silence and meditation. Is there any difference? Well, a difference is basically how you define it. So if you define meditation as spending any time with yourself, then basically this is one kind of meditation. Mm -hmm. But I define meditation more, di I mean, differently. I, you know, there is a... Um, next step so basically intermittent silence opens the door for you to get into meditation oh. it's a gateway to meditation God. so now if you are doing a chakra meditation mm -hmm. you are letting the music work on your chakras and then comes yeah. the time of silence when you just want to experience everything that's when suddenly the intermittent silence come comes into play but if, even if you just practice intermittent silence new doors will start opening up and uh, but that happens with vipassana too vipassana is also kind of you know you intermittent silence combined with breathing you know like you, mm. you mentioned so you combine all the four things i said and you just watch your breathing then it becomes vipassana so yes there are different combinations but i think if you practice 10 minutes of intermittent silence, you, me, or anybody, you're preparing yourself for a, the best experience for meditation. Mm -hmm. so, so that's how I try to distinguish it. Yeah, it seems silence is definitely a worthy cause to work towards, uh, especially because everyone's got their jobs, they've got their social commitments, they're meeting people, interacting, and there's always this chatter going on. And in the midst of this, I can just imagine a lot of people finding it hard to achieve this mental silence because the chatter seems to be always going on, right? So Correct. But at the same time, you know, our life is like that. You know, you are flying somewhere. I mean, of course, there's no flight right now. But yeah. we all... We all have to go somewhere. In the flight, you can close your eyes and be 10 minute silence. I mean, there's nothing, no, no chanting, no nothing. I mean, just, mm -hmm. or you are waiting at the airport in a lounge or on a chair, you can close your eyes and close your mouth and experience that silence. So it mm -hmm. doesn't, ha you know, our, it can be built in our lifestyle. And the, the importance as, you know, as we started, practice was the thing, you know, whichever, routine you take 
Mm-hmm. You have to practice to be good at it. You know? Or get yeah. the most of it. Absolutely. And I think practice is going to be the key, whether it's, you know, trying to experience that silence and watch, you know, the thoughts come by and then let it drift once again. In terms of watching, you talk about the concept of watching an emotional storm. So what do you mean by that? So, yeah, you can take it to the So four steps. I said four steps are under your control. Mm-hmm. E- emotions are they just come right i mean you know when you will be angry you cannot predict because you will never be angry then so yeah. so, <laughs> so so if you know if suddenly you become angry and you have practiced intermittent silence for a long time you can take a pause and just watch that emotion and you will be surprised that you know um if the anger arises, you know, in in more like energy body, mm. and by the time it comes to the physical body, it is out of control most of the time. Yeah. So once you start watching this, uh, you know, get the art of watching your thoughts and sound, you know, sound. You also start the art of watching the emotions. And I'm using anger, but you, you know, you, you could use any of those emo- emotions, negative emotions, or even positive emotions. But mm-hmm. can you watch them from a little distance? Can you have a little separation between your emotions and yourself? Mm-hmm. And once you have that, it's it's interesting, and then you can watch it. De- you know, next time, even before it arises, it arrives to the physical body. You, mm-hmm. you know, you, you can feel like your whole body is getting tense or, you know, something like vibrations are going on and it's coming on. Um, so, and I'm not saying you have to do something, but just, you know, just knowing it, just seeing it arise like that and ha- have that little separation has miraculous effects. Action Tribe, are you finding it hard to de-stress and unwind in the midst of this crazy pandemic? Come join us for a soothing, relaxing breathwork session online on Zoom. Now, I do these sessions for our paid members twice a week, and I've received so many powerful testimonials from people who have received a lot of support, comfort, and healing from these sessions. And to show you just how powerful these yogic breathwork practices are, every month I do a breathwork intro workshop for people who'd like to give this a shot. In the past, people have paid anywhere between $10 to $20 for a drop-in, but for a short while, I've decided to make these sessions available for just 50 cents a ticket. And these sessions are live, but you just pay 50 cents. So, If you'd like to learn how to calm your mind, relax your nervous system, and experience deep states of bliss using your breath from the comfort of your home, visit my7chakras.com forward slash breathwork intro. That's my7 is a word, my7chakras.com forward slash breathwork intro. I'll see you soon. Interesting. And I think that's great advice as well, because uh, 2020 has been very challenging for many people around the world, Um, whether it's, you know, people's jobs or relationships and a lot of change in general 
And so people can sometimes have these thoughts about a happy relationship that is no longer there, or maybe thoughts about uh, good health that they don't have at the moment, or maybe uh, thoughts about having that job, which they recently lost. Right. And so what you're saying is when that emotions or that energy seems to surge before it has reached the level of feeling you, you, you try to distance yourself from that emotion that is surging and you watch the emotion sort of unfurl and uncoil and know that you are not the emotion, correct? Well, yes. I mean, you can see the separation. I mean, it is yeah. still you, but you know, yeah, you can see the separation uh, and that, that, that visualization, that looking into yourself, uh, creates some sort of helpful, you know, uh, things inside you that you can deal with it better or, mm-hmm. you know, easier. Um, so it's interesting that uh, sometimes just observation, ha- you know, works in a positive way. Absolutely. And I think the theme for today is that we keep going back to the concept of practice, 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 right? Because it is not easy, as uh, you might agree, to have these surge of emotions coming up and down our body. And uh, no matter how much we try to let go of those emotions, they just come back in the mind. And so for a moment, try to distance yourself from these emotions, because you are not your thoughts, you are not your emotions. You're not yeah. even not your body, but that comes back to the practice. <laughs> when they, con- I know I call them consuming thoughts. Yeah, I mean some thoughts are consuming, it. and probably you have to go through that. You know, it's like mm. when when my father died. I mean, for two or three days you can't get it off. So say, okay, I will go through this. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to accept some of those things rather than fight that, oh, I can't fight it. I should be able to fight it. There's nothing to fight. I mean, you can just say, okay, that's fine. This mm-hmm. emotion, this emotional storm is going to last for two days. You know, it's like sometimes my power goes off in my house. You know, mm-hmm. there is a storm outside, power goes off, and we live without power. Or we manage somehow, you know, yeah. we, we work around it. The same way, some emotional storms will come and be there, but still you can watch them you can you know observe them uh, especially if you have been practicing intermittent silence for some time got it so i guess the practice helps you for the storm in the future you might not have a that's, storm right that's now that's the point yeah right uh, yeah. just like in the morning i have a cold shower every morning because i know that there's going to be a cold, uh, a version of a cold shower in my life where i have to face the cold and when that cold comes when that winter comes i'm going to be ready so same mindset ski? i guess sorry do you, do you ski i do want to learn to ski although i live in vancouver and this is sort of the ideal place to ski it's yeah. funny but i don't ski at the moment and i have a friend who's like a master instructor at whistler and i've told him mm-hmm. like this time Hopefully, if the whole social, you know, the yeah. pandemic distancing issues easing out a bit, then I would want to learn how to ski. <laughs> good, good for you. Yeah, yeah. What about you? Do you ski? I tried, but you know, it's like, no, <laughs> I didn't do very well. I, I fell more than I, you know, I could ski. But yeah, yeah. my my son, my daughter, and you know, grandkids, they all love skiing. So. We spend time. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Uh, so, as a doctor of 
in the field of urology what got you interested in creating an app on meditation i mean are you drawing from some of your practice in urology to realize that you know there is a need for meditation or what's happening what's the connection there <laughs> no the connection was i it was kind of it evolved i should say okay. so okay. The, so this book i wrote journey from life to life and i was giving book talks in libraries in other places okay. and people were asking questions and then suddenly there was a suggestion that we should do a workshop because topic of meditation came so we got some you know i had a psychiatrist friend and uh, uh, one of the reverend uh, you know he's a um, chaplain in national guard here so we had a group of some people very yeah. you know uh, um, brilliant people minds six of us got together and said okay we will do a workshop meditation workshop whole day mm -hmm. workshop and yeah. we booked booked the hall and everything and then covid came <laughs> oh <laughs> so, so our workshop idea was gone so then we said okay uh, this is tough times so we'll do some zoom zoom sessions so in those zoom sessions i started doing these meditations and and you know we didn't advertise much but we we had 35 40 50 people you know each session mm. we did and they all loved it so i said okay why don't we put it in an app so that's 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 how it evolved and then we mm -hmm. saw headspace and calm and mm -hmm. and one of the thing i realized that you know they have good stuff very good stuff and they're very popular but they yeah. don't have the deeper stuff mm -hmm. um, so i thought you know I, because i have had this years of experience mm -hmm. why not put together something that is so we have you know five categories and and three of them i i i you know body mind and the flame i think you are going there anyway so we can we can talk a little bit about it but um for sure for sure um and flame is the right word because you've said that the goal of or at least you've implied that the goal of intermittent silence is to open up to individual consciousness, right? So what is your yeah. understanding of individual consciousness and what's stopping us from accessing it right away? Right. So again, you know, so most, most work in meditation field that you will see, at least in the Western world, yeah. is based on body and mind. So body, mm -hmm. mind, you know, equilibrium, body, mind, balance, you know, body, mind, everything. I'm bringing this third dimension, which is not new, but mm -hmm. new, new to many people. Because yep. when people talk of consciousness, they talk of the big, bigger consciousness. Individual yep. consciousness is not discussed usually. So I give an example of, uh, so when you say space, the space is anything under the blue sky or now hyperspace or something beyond that where there. But think of a house. When you build a house, there is a space inside that. There is a mm -hmm. door to, that opens to the outer space. But the house is a very individualized space. Mm -hmm. this, the same way, we all have an individualized or individual um, consciousness mm -hmm. that opens up to the you know the universal consciousness. So it's uh, 
so the physical body may die mind part of mind may you know exist but without the body there's you know it doesn't mean anything mm-hmm. but individual consciousness is the one that never dies and it's not i'm not saying it's soul or something because individual consciousness has a level of awareness that we have mm-hmm. and that awareness varies buddha will have a different level of awareness you and i have a different level of awareness and you know it goes very close to what seven chakras are or what energy body is you know the higher the energy body the higher you are also in in your individual consciousness so the whole uh, premise is that the individual consciousness cannot do anything without the physical body mm-hmm. so that's why it's good to have a healthy body it's good to have a comfortable body it's good to have a relaxed body because then you can work on not only individual consciousness but also on your mind which is important as well mm. so that's why you know so so healthy comfortable body and mind i say a friendly mind because many people start calling names you know like monkey mind yeah or, you know <laughs> i've had a problem with that name for the longest time you know the more you call your mind a monkey mind the more you become the monkey <laughs> while you have it all your life at yeah. least all your life or yeah, even yeah. Mo- even after that even after the physical body dies mind right. may be with you yeah you know and you are calling it names i mean that's not yeah. fair right you know so exactly. have it have a friendly relationship with with it you know yes right. it will go it will go as just you know astray at times but it's still yeah. it's your mind so yeah. but mind has two components uh, ajay one is uh, minding which all the psychiatry and psychologists in study about right uh, mm-hmm. minding can be you know minding i call minding because it's an ongoing process you cannot stop it it will yeah. continue doing something and it may be positive things it may be negative things but minding is something um, that continues and that's what we call monkey mind or something the other one is called mindfulness mm. that one is an important part of mind and i think you know this is a component of mind the mindfulness and awareness is a component of individual consciousness mm-hmm. and you won't know in- yeah can you say that again awareness belongs to individual consciousness okay so okay. whenever you know like when you meditate and people say watch your you know watch your thoughts who is watching the watcher mm. is the individual consciousness that awareness okay. that brings the awareness mindfulness is like a you know camcorder or recorder you know so it, it's there but you can you press the button then it can record all the events mm-hmm. so that's mindfulness so there is subtle difference but there is a big you know uh, existential difference between mindfulness and awareness because awareness belongs to individual consciousness mindfulness belongs to mind it can record anything you want basically in slow motion right i mean mindfulness is it do everything in slow motion so yeah. that you record every event consciously you are doing that right absolutely yeah so so those three things are uh, so the so when you bring in the whole component of individual consciousness then you can mm-hmm. work on it then anything you do any meditation you do you're not limited to mind body you want to experience the 
you know the next level the flame and i you know i use the word flame because you know you can have a concept of flame smaller or you know larger yeah and uh, and it's very much like a flame yeah i love the description that you gave about individual consciousness or personal consciousness in the sense that if you're thinking about something who's the one who's thinking it if you're feeling an emotion who's feeling right. that emotion who's having this body and then you sort of get an idea that there's a witness awareness that is watching this journey unfold and that's the individual consciousness so my question to you is once you are doing these um meditations and you are opening up to that individual consciousness what happens next what's the result or the byproduct of you opening up to your individual consciousness yeah we always think of meditation as if it has an end point yeah <laughs> you know like i i'm i know I've, i have the merit it's not it's an incremental thing that keeps you know going it's progress it's like, yeah it's like uh, when we went into the space you know it's like limitless right i mean there is no limit yeah. you know it's like yeah. you go to we go to moon then you have to go to mars now they are mm -hmm. going to you know they have sent a probe to sun um so the same way the inner thing we feel like you know outer world is so big inner should yeah. be very small inner is not that small probably inner yeah. is even bigger so yes you know you can have some experience that we call minor explosion and yeah. uh, in that journey many people get some powers you know they and they get stuck like we had you know a beautiful a person that i came across his name was bhutnath baba mm -hmm. and uh, and i was in medical school in those days but he had this amazing gift that he developed during his uh, you know spiritual journey that he could read your mind even mm -hmm. on telephone he will know exactly what you are thinking yeah and you know he had other other things as well but it was i mean he he didn't he i mean um, it's nothing wrong with it but many people when they get some of these powers they stop there and uh, their journey stops there mm. right. uh, but but yes there are many many things that can happen and it's it's um not fair for me to say ajay you will become this powerful because you do this because mm. i don't know you know which way your inner journey is going to take you yeah. and uh, that's why i have a another factor that i bring in here you know if uh, it's okay with you is individual divine i call it mm -hmm. because in this journey you need some help and there is no other company i mean i can't come with you i can you know i can be a fellow traveler but i'm not in in your inner journey so everybody has you know some sort of individual divine that they have mm -hmm. and you know if somebody is a christian he may have you know jesus come with him you know he can say hey jesus come with me if i am a hindu i can say hey hanuman ji please come with me so i think it should be left open to the individual who is doing this journey as to who his divine is right you see what i'm saying i i definitely see what you're saying and i think it's very important to have this <clears throat> i think in hinduism it's called the icha devata right 
the Ishta personal Devata, yeah Ishta Devata. yeah Personal, yeah. personal God or personal divine that you yeah. sort of respect. Every village has a Ishta Devata. Every household has a Ishta Devata. Yeah, 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 they are, yeah. They are, yeah. I think yeah. it's so important because now there's a. It's way. It's considered cool to push away divinity because you're spiritual yeah. and you can draw from everything. But I, right. I sense there's a need for, you know, whether it's Jesus or whether it's Rama or Hanuman or some deity. Yeah. that you can draw from in terms of just a spiritual energy or maybe your guru or somebody yeah. like that right right make it individual but in, have some connection that's my, i'm saying because you you need that help when you go there when you go there and the thing is also i've i've thought about this lately that you know yes we're spending a, a billions and trillions of dollars for sending man or woman to mars and outer yeah. space but i think uh, if you really think about it look at the oceans we've not discovered 80% of the oceans and most importantly we've not discovered most of our mind like we don't know what's happening in there or out there or how our mind is connected to what is out there and so probably we need psychonauts not astronauts yeah. but psychonauts yeah. to sort of delve yeah. inside and travel where no man or woman has gone before right because <laughs> it's no i i think crazy. i i you know i have the same kind of thoughts that you know science should you know or or somebody should put you know effort in this area a serious effort the same effort like you know lasalamas effort i mean some mm -hmm. serious effort should go into this field because at one time you know like rishis you know in india they yeah. were scientists they were they basically were that's what they were doing yeah and the kings kings and other people were just trying to make sure that they are able to do what they are able to do yeah um, yeah what i like about yoga ayurveda tantra is that it's a very experimental empirical based approach right where the focus yeah. even if you read the text it's about trying to replicate the same observation that you saw through that meditation to that tantra that mantra or yantra you're trying to replicate the same results so that's i like that approach at mindset it's very yeah. very amazing <laughs> now uh, i am i am really fascinated by your interest in this and you know the fact that you are doing this and and the seven chakra name i love that you know love that you call that yeah i'm just doing why my did, small part <laughs> what i shouldn't be interviewing you but why did you name it seven chakra you know is it like cool or uh so yeah so there's a story behind seven chakras so basically the idea is that when i awakened spiritually um i tried meditation silent meditation but that was not coming naturally to me and so i went elsewhere and i stumbled upon a video which spoke about visualizing uh, these seven colored chakras and so i laid down on my on my bed and after 15 minutes i felt a shift i felt different i felt really good and so that opened up something within me and i said that what are these chakras and what is this thing that i'm feeling within uh but the thing was that when i started my podcast i did not want it to be about me because then i would say aj seven chakras but i said my seven chakras so that somebody who's listening to the podcast can look in the mirror and say my seven chakras in other words they can start their own journey just by looking in the mirror mm -hmm. and embarking on the journey that each one of us goes through from the root to the crown where shakti meets shivam and then you mm -hmm. open up to your own um you know purpose or calling so that was the idea i want each one who listens to this episode or this show find their own journey and be their own heroes so to speak 
So here is something I would recommend, you know, at least you try it. So yeah. there is a uh, there is a meditation on relax app called okay. Power Power Chakra. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, one of the mantras, uh, you know, which is a, a Devi mantra or Shakti mantra. And that one goes, you know, from first chakra to seventh chakra. Okay. And and it does it three times. I want you to experience that and, and drop me a note what you think, because that's one of the most powerful. I mean, I wouldn't recommend that to somebody beginners. Okay. If, if you have experienced some chakra, you know, experience, I think you should at least give it a try. 100%. Because so far, what I loved the most and what I found really effective when it comes to, um, you know, balancing the chakras is the, uh, is the mantras, so, Bija yeah. mantra. So, lang, yeah. wang, rang, yeah. yang. No, for each chakra, there is a mantra. Yeah. Chakra. yeah. But, so that but is this, really this is a mantra on each chakra. And don't try to recite the mantra out, you know, okay. outside. Just let it In internalize. Internalize mm. on each chakra. Okay. When it, 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 it does tell you go to first chakra, go to second. So you. Okay. So there you go. Uh, well, you know, I. I, I, <laughs> I manifest sometimes. I keep it in my mind. I say, I need to come across mentors, people who can give me the next step on my journey when it comes to chakra healing or spiritual awakening. And it might just be that I need to do that meditation that you recommended. So I'm going to definitely try it out. Yeah, I mean, so I don't know how much time you have left. I wanted to, I mean, did you want to touch base on the topic we started uh, on Bhagavad Gita? The, you know, the one, the result thing Do you want? That is uh, my next question, actually. I mean, we've got 15, 15, 20 minutes more. Okay. Uh, but actually, that was a topic that I was going to get into. Firstly, I wanted to start with what influence does Krishna? and the Bhagavad yeah. Gita have on you. I mean, your name is Krishna, so. <laughs> yeah, no, Krishna is my passion. I mean, and Bhagavad Gita is uh, my guru guide or whatever, you know, I, I love Bhagavad Gita and I I have written one book on first two chapters on Gita today. And that's mm -hmm. also on Amazon today, uh, Amazon uh, available. But, you know, that just two things. Uh, one, you said, you know, uh, as a coach, you know, I always love to, you know, remember the first uh, shloka and, you know, everyone reads that Dharma Kshetra Kuru Kshetra. That's how it starts. And it fascinates me, really. I mean, really. Uh, so they didn't say it is just Kuru Kshetra. You know, the, it's not just a place where you act out. Mm -hmm. It's also a place where you have values mm -hmm. like you know i said dharma means value of the universe you know value system of the universe mm -hmm. so so both are not separate so you know we many times say materialism you know leave materialism to go to spiritualism but gita doesn't say that the first two words are that they are both together mm. so where the war is happening there is also the value system to be maintained there. The spiritualism is also there. So, you know, even today, you know, election is happening in USA. Yeah. But 
still the country has to have a value system as well. So mm -hmm. yes, you know, people are going to vote and everything, but still that is important. Otherwise, you know, if the value system is disrupted, then, I mean, you can have elections and you can have high energy people, but that high energy is channeled in a different way. Mm. Yeah, that's very interesting. And the quote that comes to my mind right now, based on what you shared, is the quote that says, wherever you go, there you are, right? So it's not about yeah. separating and leaving your spirituality at home, but it's right. bringing your spirituality to everything exactly. that you do. Your work, no, that, yeah. your school, your relationships, everything needs to reflect your spirituality. So it's not just yeah. if you do yoga on the mat, it's everywhere. Right. Yeah, your peace should travel with you, right? So, <laughs> so that's deep. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's true, right? If you are peaceful, yeah. peace should travel with you, right? I mean, um, yeah. so uh, when it comes to you know the shloka that everybody says that you know do your karma and forget about the result, mm. I have a little different understanding. I'm not saying they're totally wrong because they explain mm -hmm. very nicely how they do. But mm -hmm. I say, my understanding is that um, the shloka doesn't say that don't worry about result. It simply says that uh, the karma, your action is in your hands. Result is not in your hands totally. Yeah. Yeah. So then whose hand, you know, so the way I see it is that, okay, you do your, you know, karma, you do your action, but there is more to it than just the karma and what are those more things and if you see you know Mahabharat or Krishna's life he does those more things mm. so he makes sure that Arjun is trained well he makes sure that Arjun has all the weapons he even makes sure that other people don't have the weapons that could destroy Arjun or or Pandavas so there is a very nice shloka in um, Gita in 18th chapter, which I have a whole chapter on in my book, mm -hmm. you know, and that is uh, five pillars of success. Mm -hmm. So I put this shloka, which says, you know, do your karma and the karma is in your control, not the result. And the five pillars of success, which says that, you know, the five pillars he mentions is first one is the platform. You know, it's like the same person on a president's platform can do a different job than as mm. a businessman. Or Narendra Modi as chief minister can do, you know, has limitations, but as prime minister, he can do more. So that platform mm -hmm. is important. Then mm -hmm. the vyakti, you know, the person, quality of the person is important. You know, the same platform, if you have, you know, Hitler there, it may be a different ball game. Mm -hmm. Right. Or Duryodhan there is a different ball game. So that person is important. And then Karanam means, you know, the tools like, you know, USA has got, you know, different destructive weapons than many other countries. So it can achieve more, you know, power or whatever because of that. So, the, you know, it could be medicine. I may have the robot that I can use, whereas some hospitals may not have the robot. So. I can, you know, get better results because of that. Mm -hmm. And and then he says that, you know, 
prithak vidham means you know you try different approaches so for a country you know you can say okay i will put a bargain you know a ban or on some things or economic ban or social ban or whatever you know those things you can do a sports ban so you can use different styles and different approaches but fifth one is divine mm. so even in in mahabharat you know hanuman is on, on that you know uh, the chariot that uh, arjun is you know riding Mm-hmm. and that's you know that's a divine denotion de- um, i mean denotes denoting divine and then there was a, before he started even ram when he goes to conquer ravan he mm-hmm. does shiv sthapana in rameshwaram there is a place so all these things didn't just happen just like that because they do so your action is not the only thing that will get you the result you have many other things to take care of and you should take care of those things that's how i see right. it right 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 interesting so it's not just about your actions but it's about creating the right environment that is conducive for results right whether it's a spiritual divine environment or whatever it is so not just about your actions but there are some other factors as well now for those who are listening and are wondering what is mahabharat do you mind giving like a quick 10 second or 15 second understanding of what the mahabharat is and what we are talking about <laughs> yeah i mean in in short it was kind of a world war of its time which was happened 5000 years ago yeah and uh, there were you know there was a king duryodhan who was kind of the bad guy and the pandavas uh, which were five brothers were kind of the good guys and krishna if you denote him as a divine he took the side of the good guys and uh, there was a war and many people died and uh, of course uh, you can say it was all bad why the why the war happened and yeah. could have been avoided but sometimes uh, those things are needed and uh, it's the last resort of course and, uh, unfortunate but sometimes yeah. good things come out of uh, those things and, and what would you say is your favorite scene from the mahabharata or maybe your favorite dialogue or you know something that's happening <laughs> well uh, <laughs> you know uh, you know it's a uh, favorite is interesting because krishna character interests me interests me yeah. like ram is an ideal person yeah i i cannot you know yes i can respect him i can you know worship him but i cannot think of becoming him but mm. krishna does fascinate you know fascinate because he lives like you and me so he makes a promise that he will not you know use a weapon in that war but he breaks his promise mm. and you know there are explanations of why he breaks his promise but but you know i mean it's just interesting that he's uh, not going to stay into the mold that you and i can mold him you know like ram is very much you can say ideal person how he can live i mean yeah. you can criticize him for some of his actions but he's predictable krishna yeah. is totally unpredictable and yeah. uh, is still fascinating is still respectable mm-hmm. and uh, they are two different uh, characters and that scene really you know breaking a promise you know i mean 
you might say, why do you want to remember that? But, you know, it's like more being, you know, he was more on a human level as well as an, on a higher plane. Mm-hmm. And I guess those qualities make people feel closer to him, closer to Krishna than to Rama. Because I know people call Rama the Man Mariada Purush, right? Because right. in yeah. every juncture of his life, he did something that was based on what is right and not necessarily what is good for him, even right. if it meant, you know, staying away Living from Sita. his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. right, right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And so for somebody who's on the spiritual journey, somebody who has recently awakened to a new way of living, which is spiritually, what are one or two questions that somebody who's on this path needs to ask of themselves? Well, I think, uh, you know, as we talked about, you know, beginning, he has to put it in the routine of life because sometimes we do certain things, we do it for a month and then we, you know, it just drops out on the wayside. So um, that routine is important. And uh, I always say that if you do a meditation, same time, same place, and, you know, same kind of uh, uh, same routine, mm-hmm. that that place starts waiting for you, your body starts waiting for you. And, uh, you know, I think the whole atmosphere just creates itself so that you do it um, yeah. routinely. And uh, the effect is always compound. I mean, it's not like ad- ad- additive effect. It's like more like a potentiate potentiation, you know, or just um, logarithmic rather than just a linear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, one of the things about meditation, of course, you know, you um, this taking it a little further is you can you me or you know whoever can do so far. I mean, we can go so far in meditation. I mean, basically in meditation, we talk as if we are doing something. Basically, Mm -hmm. we are creating a situation where meditation happens, like sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. switch off the light, you lie down in the bed, but sleep comes to you. You can't force sleep on you, right? So the same way meditation happens to you, you create a surrounding or chakra or music or whatever. Mm -hmm. But then there comes a point where um, it's like a Buddhist college Sotopan, you know, like a, a, a stream rider. So, you know, there is a river that's flowing and you jump in the river and mm-hmm. then the stream takes you over. Mm-hmm. So th- there comes a point where, you know, when I said the doors, new doors start opening, suddenly a wave comes and takes you away. Mm-hmm. And those experiences are a little bigger explosions than minor explosions. And right. So that's the. Uh, so yeah, don't think that everything is in your, your control or my control. But yeah. yes, we, we can at least start the journey, start the practice on a routine basis. Yeah. And then, then even Buddha had to wait for it to happen. You know. Yeah, I love the imagery that you conjured up by talking about the wave. Because a while back, I had a conversation with a Qigong teacher who said yeah. something similar. And in, in, in Qigong, you have uh, you talk about where attention goes, energy flows, right? Yeah. Uh, and so what he said is when it comes to Qigong or Tai Chi, you can try to swim in the ocean. 
and you can swim against the wave, the wave is going to come crashing against you. Or if you're really experienced and you're smart, you can wait for the wave and then ride the wave. That way, you're expending less energy. You're using the entire tidal force of the entire ocean to go towards where your energy or your focus wants to direct it. That's the yeah. ultimate. But you got to wait for the wave. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. And some, sometimes it will come for you. Interesting. And so I'm very curious about something that you wrote. You said, while many see birth, life and death as a finite series of events in a period prescribed by time, uh, you said that Asian-based views are far more likely to see the human experience as mere stopping points along an eternal journey, one that has no beginning and no end. So my question to you is, as a doctor who has progressed in your career based on empirical evidence, right? based on your, your decisions are basically empirical, experimental, do you sometimes find it hard to believe that the human experience is an eternal journey, one that has no beginning or end? So how do you come to terms with this? Well, we know that we have a beginning and end. We know we, we are born and we die. Yeah. But we don't know what happened before and what happened after. Yeah. And if we think that this is this is it, you know, yeah. The unseen world is bigger, much bigger than you know the world we see. Mm -hmm. And what so we are manifestations, you know, in for a short period of time in the eternal existence. Yeah. And uh we sometimes like to think that we control our, you know, you know, beginning and end. We know that we don't control beginning and end. So, yes, it's an ongoing journey. But one thing is sure, you know, while I'm here, I want to do everything well. I want to use my times, you know, as precious as, you know, every moment. Mm -hmm. And I want to be in that journey where the individual consciousness level rises i contribute to the society i leave you know as you said a legacy you know it's like and legacy is in many terms different ways even if you leave legacy of thought waves yeah. different thought waves you have done service i mean they may not have um like i mean in case of buddha i mean i think he became you know, the Buddhism became really alive after Ashoka, you know, I mean, many years after him. Yeah. But the thought, thought process and everything that he has, you know, given existed, right? So, so I mean, yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, I mean, there is no short answer to your, you know. <laughs> That's a very profound question. <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess what you're saying is, uh, you know, the very fact that we just magically wake up as a, you know, from fetus level to, to baby level, and then we miraculously just lose consciousness. There has to be something before the full stop and after the full stop. I mean, you can't just yeah. cease to exist. Yeah. Uh, and of course, it's a hard question, right? It's, a, it's the hard problem of consciousness in a way that where do you think consciousness, consciousness stops or does it stop even? But I guess what you're also saying is between these brackets, after we are born and before we die, we got to do the best that we can to leave a legacy or maybe even leave 
or work, it's going to be useful for the next generation or so. Right. I think that's uh, what is our higher purpose of life, you know. Mm. Very interesting. I mean, uh, I mean, we can come and live and die. I mean, that's a, actually, I'll tell you one of the, I mean, this book talk was, a, you know, I mean, inspiring to me, I, you know, a revelation. I mean, I learned yeah. so much from people. So yeah. <laughs> one of the nurses came to me one day and said, you know, like, uh, yeah, she, uh, I, you know, she had a relative and said, I want to share this story with you. I said, okay. Go ahead. So mm -hmm. this relative was sick, you know, he was not that old, but you know, in the seventies, but he was very sick and he was kind of dying. And one of the relatives went close to him and said, so what do you think about your life? You know, how did you do in your life? And he opened his eyes, looked at her and said, wasted. Mm. So, you know, he had alcohol issues, he had drug issues, and you know, he's going. But I think I don't want to, I mean, the lesson I learned from that is that I don't want to be in a situation where I can say I wasted my life. You don't want to so, have that sense of regret. Sense of uh, that feeling. I mean, I don't know, regret or yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of, yeah, you're right. So why not do everything I can do? And then I can say, okay, I did my, you know, my share yeah. of you know, whatever years I spend here, you know. In a, yeah. So. yeah, and, and, and talking about life, you've written that in the, the greater the goal, the greater the difficulties. So what made you come to that conclusion when it comes to life? Well, I mean, greater the goal, greater the difficulties, but, you know, greater you achieve as well. I mean, maybe I didn't put that one there. Okay. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we all should have great goals. I mean, you know, that is, that is, um, you know, that's how we should. I mean, if we have, you know, our goal is to just have a, you know, banana every day. Mm -hmm. That's one goal, but you know, if you have a goal that you will share banana with ten other people, I mean, that's a suddenly you know it in, in, increases your whole heart, you know, space and everything kind of expands, right? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is not the greatest example of you know great goal, but any goal that you have, yeah, it can be multiplied. I mean, that's. Uh, that's the thing, and uh, mm. yeah, leave that's, the world a, li a little better place than you came in. You know, that's so true. I mean, you might, and it doesn't. You don't need to end hunger or find the cure to malaria. But even if you're leaving the place a little bit better than you came, yeah. then that could also be a noble and worthy goal. Um, True. Interesting. But everyone has, you know, there are people who are ending malaria. There are people who are ending there are. hunger. Yeah. And, you know, you and I are doing something different. So yeah. we all, you know, all together, you know, it, it becomes a better world. Yes. Togetherness is what makes a difference. And one of the things I've heard is a goal called a moonshot goal. I'm not sure if you've come across that term, which is a goal so big that the moment you think about it, you're like... You, you gasp in awe because you feel that's so much beyond what you think is possible for you. 
And I think sometimes it's it's good to have these huge goals, which really pull you in every way possible. And maybe you don't achieve that goal, but then along the pursuit of achieving that goal, you're so much different now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can see, I mean, you know, moonshot goals, you can, you know, it may sound, you know, but what JF Kennedy said, you know, he wanted to go to man, send man to moon. At yeah. that time, there was no technology. They didn't know how. No. But, you know, some that dream became possible, right? Mm-hmm. Or Modi now says, you know, five trillion economy in certain period of time. Yeah. And I mean, many people say that, you know, is he crazy? But mm-hmm. that's the thing. I mean, uh, if you have big goals for wherever you are, you know, yeah. what you can a- ask people to reach, then, you know, things might materialize, you know. It's very true. And I love that you say that we should not differentiate materialism from spiritualism, right? I mean, you need both need to go hand in hand. I want you need, both, right? Yeah. Both, right? Yeah. You need to have that right. platform. You need to have yeah. those tools. You need yeah. to have that consciousness. And then yeah. you can actualize your your journey on earth. So Action Tribe, if you're listening to this episode, ask yourself, what is my moonshot goal? What, what do I truly want to do that if I say right now is going to really give me the goosebumps because I know I can do it, but at the same time, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> you know. Uh, and so yeah. uh, Krishna, what is your moonshot goal? I know you are a high achiever. You've done so many things in your life. You have patience that whose lives you've changed and now you're embarking on a new journey. So what would you say is your moonshot goal? What is the kind of legacy that you want to leave on this earth? Well, what I have been telling uh, here, you know, in my, you know, thoughts and discussion is that could U.S. become the spiritual destination of the world? Uh, Because there is all the infrastructure is here, you know, I mean, here, U.S. or Canada. And uh, I mean, I have been, say, you know, Appalachian Trail, it's thousands of miles and there are huts, you know, at every um, short distances that you can stop and have beer and have, you know, sandwich and sleep. Why can't you just meditate there? Mm. I mean, that's what uh, India did, you know, Himalayas, you know, you go and you you have stops there. I mean, there was just think of that probably as a hike, long hike, you know. But we don't think of it as a hike there. We think of it as a tirthyatra. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but that's what people used to do. People used to walk right, I mean, before the roads, you know. So mm. that's one of the one of uh, the things. Uh, I don't know how it will happen, but that's one of my moonshot. Wonderful, wonderful. And I also like the more the more that I am connecting the dots between yoga and uh, modern science, I'm getting to know that all these yogis, they lived the lifestyle that was not only good for spirituality, but also for wellness. Because if you think about yeah. it, they were having cold water baths in the water, they were eating berries and really nutritious food, or sometimes not even eating that much food, meditating a lot and exposing them to cold. And as you know, there and, are so many benefits. And right, walking was built in their lifestyle. And walking was built into the lifestyle. How amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> I love your goal. And in any way, if I can support it, I'm more than happy to do so. Uh, I live in British Columbia. So not sure if you've been here, but there are so many beautiful things about this province and places to explore, to hike, to swim, to canoe, to paddle, to meditate. So 
There's a lot oh, of great. space here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there is. Yeah. So thanks a lot for sharing. Sorry, were you saying no, something? No, thank you. And it's very nice to meet you. Thank you. Action and your audience. <laughs> and I'm sure our, our listeners loved to loved hearing what you shared as well. And you did share a lot. Action Tribe, I hope you enjoyed today's session as we move along. I know many of you have this vision deep within you. Maybe you want to start a new career, launch a new business, or embark on a new passion. Or maybe you have that moonshot goal that you really want to achieve. Whenever you take action, you expect results, right? And as we're learning today, sometimes the results might take time, a lot of more time than you initially expected. And just not seeing those immediate results can bring you down, make you lose hope, or even worse, it can affect your health. Now, monitoring your results is important. It's a good habit. But remember that not everything is within your control. Just look at what is happening right now with COVID and this crazy coronavirus pandemic that has almost every area of our life affected. Jobs and schools and vacations and relationships and more. And I know that many of you were really depending on 2020 for the results that you've been working so hard for. But like I said, not everything is our control. What is within our control is the work that you do, the actions that you take, and the conditions that you create for that wave that is going to come into your life and how you manage your energy as well. And just like it is written in the Bhagavad Gita, you have the right to work, but for the work's sake only, you have no right to the fruits of the work. Desire for the fruits of the work must never be your motive in working. Do the work create the conditions, whether it's emotional or even spiritual, but wait for the wave, have the patience. And with that being said, it's now time for the last round for today, the wisdom round. Four questions so that our listeners can take note and take action. So Krishna, what is the best piece of advice that you have ever received in your life? So one, uh, as a doctor, the best piece of advice was a Scottish mentor of mine. You know, he sat me down and as if he was going to give me some big, you know, lesson or something and just says, don't take anything casual in surgery. So that was one of the best advice. I didn't understand at that time. It took me some time to understand, but it's a very deep, deep, advice for anybody in any serious work, especially life and death. Wonderful. And if you could turn back time and spend one hour with someone living or dead, who would it be? I, uh, you know, I was too busy and my father was too busy. So, you know, I would probably like to spend a little bit more uh, time with my father, you know. And what is that thing you do in the morning? Sorry. Um, so basically, you'd like to spend more time uh, with your father, right? That's, yeah. Um, uh, my next question was, what is it one thing you do in the morning or in the evening before you sleep that has improved the quality of your life? It's funny. The answer for both is uh, a meditation. So when I go to sleep, I sleep with a meditation. Of course, uh, recently I've been doing Om Chakra meditation, which is uh, one of the meditations on that Relax app, which is basically, it's a very nice Om sound, which goes through all the chakras. Um, I won't do the power chakra in this before sleep because I won't be able to sleep because it's so powerful. Okay. So in the morning, <laughs> I do power chakra or I do intermittent silence. 
and cloud it. And what is that one book that you would like to recommend for our listeners today? Well, I have to say journey from life to life. Um, so apart from that, there is a book, you know, I love that book. And if you get a chance, you should read it. And it's called Hidden Mysteries by Osho. Mm -hmm. And it's just, uh, you know, it's a wealth of information there. Well, Wonderful. Mystical into in, information. I've just written that down. We'll have that in the show notes as well. Um, Action Tribe, would you like to receive this book for free? That's right. Audible is offering all our listeners, that is you, Action Tribe, one free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial, which means you'll get the opportunity to listen to a book as opposed to read a book. And you can choose any book you want from their large library of books. All you need to do is go to my7chakras.com forward slash free book. Once again, that's my7chakras.com forward slash free book. And when you have an audio book, it, it can be on, the, on your phone. You don't have to carry a physical book. And you can listen to it just like a podcast wherever, in transit, at work, or at home. my7chakras.com forward slash free book. So Krishna, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really amazing to connect with you learn about the wisdom of the gita and everything that you shared about today before you go tell us one thing that you are grateful for and how can we find more about you online and how can listeners download your app so relax.org and relax is with two x r e l a x x dot o r g you can go there and you can download from there on android or iphone app and uh, that's great. And uh, my personal website is krishnauniverse.com. And do visit that and you might find some wisdom there. Wonderful. We'll have both these links up in the show notes. Action Tribe, download the app. Go to relax.org. There are two X's in the domain name and also krishnauniverse.com. Are you active on Instagram at all? I am, but... Uh, trying to get more active you know, as I go along. But Perfect. Yeah, KBHA. KBHA? Okay. K, K for K Krishna, BHA. Perfect. So all of you listeners, go on Instagram, search for uh, Dr. Krishna Bhatta's Instagram handle, KBHA. Also tag me at my seven chakras after taking a screenshot of this episode so that we both can share your story with our community and we can spread the word as next steps. If you'd like to discover the power of breath work, and if you'd like to join in the discussion that's happening in our official group right now, go to my seven chakras.com forward slash tribe. And I'd love to connect with you one-on-one. -on -one. If you have any feedback, if you have any questions or comments, go to or email me at aj at my seven chakras.com. Seven is a word. So aj at my seven chakras.com. Krishna, thank you so much for joining us on today's episode, talking to us about the power of intermittent silence and awakening our individual consciousness and also taking us one step closer to a human revolution. Thank you for listening to My 7 Chakras at My7Chakras.com That is My-S-E-V-E-N-Chakras.com
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.